0: Welcome to Regold's Gold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Re Gold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and today is one of my favourite days because my friend Re is going to have a rant. How are you doing, Re? <laughs>
1: I'm doing excellent. How are you, Stacey?
0: I'm great. We're interrupting our... Um, series from the Dance Life Conference to bring you this rant. We're going to bring you this rant in another another episode or two Um, because you just have to get it off your chest. You couldn't wait.
1: You got it.
0: I had a whole thing going, and you just could not wait to get into it. So, this is good. I um I actually get a lot of good positive feedback from um from your rants. I ran into someone a couple of weeks ago that said to me, "He loves to rant, doesn't he?" And I thought to myself, "Actually, he's he's quite he's quite placid. He's quite laid back. I just I, I just you know maybe poke him a little bit."
1: Yeah, ranting has got me in trouble. It's great that I've turned the ranting into a positive thing. How cool is that?
0: (laughs) That's very cool. So what would you like to rant about today, Ree? What's on your mind?
1: Uh, This is how I want to start it off or say it. If you have exceptional dancers, they don't have to perform adult choreography to prove that they're exceptional dancers so why do i say it i i believe that there's i call it a dance myth that let's say you have this child uh girl she's 12 years old and she's exceptional she has beautiful feet she's beyond her years she has the ability to turn and jump and she's just really great I think there's a misconception that now that I've discovered the talent in this child, I must find something for her to do that is so mature and that I'm mixing up the, the skill or the talent with having to present her in a way that is adult-like.
0: Mm. Uh, almost as if you have to make her look professional like a professional adult.
1: But isn't it the challenge of a choreographer slash teacher educator to look at that seven-year-old and all the talent that she has and create a piece of choreography that is going to just wow everybody because she's talented? but wow them in the fact that she's seven and she's that talented Mm -hmm. rather than seeing her in a two-piece costume strutting across the stage that is not showing her exceptional talent what do you think of me having just said that
0: I think you're spot on. And so often I see young girls in that 10, 11, 12 age group dancing to big spender, um, blowing kisses to the audience. And I'm thinking, and yes, they are, they are, it is, you're right. It's normally those exceptional dancers who are incredible and who who could do anything, who could do anything if you had, you know, some creativity in the choreography but you see them doing these things that would be before more mature dancers.
1: And, and, and go ahead, I interrupted. Oh, I,
0: was, I was just going. You are rant. If well, yeah, here we go. Um, I, if I want to see big spender, I'm I'm going to go to Broadway and see an adult do it. I don't necessarily think that it's appropriate for a child to do something like that and whether we're talking about the costume or whether we're talking about the movement or whether we're talking about the concept or the song it's really important that we see the children that we teach as children and give them things that are appropriate for their age and their stage of um, development whether that's emotional development or mental development or physical development that as that's our job as teachers
1: Uh, stage of development is so, so, so important here. If, if you're going to include this girl with, with choreography or do choreography with this girl, that's so mature, does she even understand why she's doing what she's doing? And, and is she just imitating the teenage girls and, and is that right for her to be doing that and is that right for us as dance educators to just accept Mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking at this seven-year-old and I'm going Wizard of Oz ruby (laughs) slippers and I can show that she can do pirouettes and I can show that she's talented beyond her years and make everybody love her. And, and feel comfortable with her performance instead of even creating a situation where someone might be offended and someone might think it's awesome. Why can't I just be sure everybody's going to love this kid and give this kid the attention that she needs by giving her something that's appropriate? Why can't I?
0: Exactly. You don't put your recital together. Well, I don't put my recital together thinking... Um, okay, who am I going to shock today? Who am I going to, who am I, I'm going to create a piece that's really going to offend this person or offend that person. When, you know, when I'm putting my show together, I want every person, grandma, dad, mum, auntie, uncle, member of the public, anyone who walks in off the street to be able to sit for the entire show and be able to watch the entire show and experience the whole thing, not, you know, be able to watch this number and then feel like they have to, you know, look away or look down at their at their phone or something while another number is on, and like ride a roller coaster of appropriateness. It yes, needs, it, for me, it needs to be, you know, you come in, you expect, you have expectations, and the whole show lives up to those expectations, not kind of the roller coaster. And I know when we go to competition, it's really hard to avoid because we might, you know, we have people in the audience, perhaps, you know, the dads that are there to watch their child, they also have to watch kids from a different studio. And if there are inappropriate things, you as a dance studio owner can't control that. And that's really hard. But you can control what your kids do and what you put out on that stage.
1: I agree 100%. And this is something that... I want to clarify for any listeners because I've heard this before. A response sometimes if I would bring up the subject of inappropriateness on a younger student the teacher or studio owner might say but we're preparing them for a professional career. And At I seven. Use, <laughs> Okay, but they 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 are in their head mm-hmm. believing that that's what they're they're doing. Yep. So I don't judge whether or not they mean that. But here's my answer to that if I were going to give a job to a seven year old and it was a professional gig, she'd probably land somewhere at Disney. She'd probably land somewhere, any, any place that children perform, and they'd give her age appropriate choreography.
0: Absolutely. So
1: don't tell me you're putting them on a professional track and that's why they have to grab their leg and wear that two piece costume because you can be a professional at seven and dance in those ruby red shoes and be seven. Yep.
0: Absolutely. And when it comes down to it as well, my, my dancers, um, how they feel about themselves when they're on stage is super important to me. So it's not just about what, experience is the audience going to have in watching for me it's about what experience is that child going to have um in the classroom and then on stage so we don't have two pieces as part of our uniform at all at the studio because i don't want any child to feel that coming to dance is gonna make them feel uncomfortable. And I'm not saying all kids will feel uncomfortable in the two piece, some kids love it. Um, And some kids beg me to to, include it as part of the uniform. But I won't because I like to have something that's a bit more um, covering across all of my age groups so that any child, no matter what um, size or shape, can come to dance and feel like this is a place for them because they won't feel out of their depth. Um, And when it comes to them dancing on stage, I know, as a dancer, that I will perform better if I'm in a costume that makes me feel good, that that I feel comfortable in, that I can really move in. There's nothing worse than having, you know, having a costume on that you know is about to, you know, maybe the shoulder strap is about to snap. So you don't go hundred percent. You give 60% of your performance just in case. I don't want my kids to ever have to give 60%. So I want them to be in a costume that they feel comfortable in, that fits them well, that they're going to be able to do their very best in And then I think they'll perform better and have a better time and get, you know, get more out of the experience. That's really important.
1: I agree. I want to say this, that, that, that might blow what you just said away, but I got to say it. The kid will feel comfortable in the costume. If the adults around her tell her how good she looks in the costume. Mm -hmm. Do you follow what I just said? yep it's the adults who are making the choice it's the adults who are telling the child that that two-piece costume looks awesome on her so yes you're right it's it's up to us to make them feel comfortable but if the adults in these kids lives are comfortable watching their children in this way then those children won't feel uncomfortable doesn't mean your point isn't well taken. It just means that I'm a guy who sees this as an issue. And what's so funny is it's not an issue with the kids. The issue is with the adults who make the decisions. Yeah. And that's hard probably for the adults who are listening to this to hear, but it is.
0: Yeah. I, um, I feel for the, the, the dad in the audience that has just come to watch his little, his little ray of sunshine and doesn't feel comfortable in staying to watch everything else because either the the costume or the movement or the song selection or, you know, any of those things that we've spoken about is not, a, not age appropriate. That's hard.
1: And if that dad or that family that comes to watch that child in a dance competition is seeing dance for the first time and what we're talking about is going on. We're making a bad impression on mm-hmm.
0: the,
1: the dance education field to the to the general public. It's it's I consider that a a responsibility.
0: Yep, definitely. I feel like I've okay. overtaken your rant, Ray.
1: I don't. Sorry, think I'm you sorry about that. It. I don't think you overtook <laughs> it. I think we were both <laughs> equally as ranty today. <laughs> I'm going to close this out with, with by. I want to say one more thing. I am not a guy that's a prude or doesn't look at a dancer who's mature with a beautiful body as being able to wear a two-piece costume. I'm an artist. So I don't look at it as, okay, now everybody wears two-piece costumes, so everybody's in a two-piece costume. I look at it as, what is appropriate for this dancer and this child and the majority? Um, and I'm not against giving kids who are talented uh, the movement that they can execute really excellently. It's It's just the the choreography and the concept and putting them out there so mature that I have a problem with it. It's, it's, it's a reflection on our industry that's hard for me to explain when I go out there and talk and stick up for who we are and what we do and the impact that we have on children. It's a hard argument when somebody's been to a dance competition and saw one inappropriate number after the other.
0: Mm-hmm and for me, it's, it's about the whole experience. So we, we're not just about that three minutes on stage at a competition. We're not just about the recital at the end of the year. It's about the whole dance experience. We give the child over, over the entire year. And I once had a teacher ask me if, you know, is this piece of music inappropriate? Is my audience going to be uncomfortable listening to this um, piece of inappropriate music? And I thought to myself, why wouldn't we be so worried about the audience who are going to hear it once? I'd be worried about the 12 year old that's listened to it. Eight lessons, like eight times a lesson for 40 weeks in the lead up to, to the performance that that like, that's a problem.
1: <laughs> so you, and I'm only laughing because if she's seven, she's probably going to remember that song the rest of her life.
0: <laughs> Every single so, week. Exactly. So. My six year old can sing any song that she hears on the radio once. They're little sponges. They take everything in. So,
1: if we. Yeah, so that's a good thing for our listeners. So, when you think about your kid 25 years from now and they talk about their first dance, let it not be Big Spender. Let (laughs) them not know all the words. Big Spender.
0: Baby got back.
1: Yeah. (laughs) A, A dream is a wish is a better thing.
0: That's, yeah, much better. So it is about that whole experience that we give the kids from the moment they come into the studio until the moment that they leave. And it's important to think about all of the touch points along the way. So thank you for ranting today, Ree. If you have a topic that you would like Ree to rant about, something that you think that he could get passionate about one way or the other, we would love to hear about it. You can contact us. Um, on Regold's Facebook page, Regold's Dance Life, we would so love to hear from you. If you'd like to leave us a rating or review for the podcast, that would be great as well. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, and we will talk to you uh, next time. Re is ready to rant.
1: <laughs> awesome! Thank you for the opportunity, Stacy. Thanks to our listeners, and enjoy the journey.
0: Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at Regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey.